Welcome to this week's presentation from Bethesda, a church community where anyone can belong. We hope that the following presentation encourages you in your faith journey. Thanks for listening. Uh, we're in the middle of a series called 100, as you see. Uh, it's 100 days journeying from January to up to Easter Sunday, and we've been uh, introducing how you connect to community here at Bethesda. And for the first couple of weeks, uh, if you're a guest with us, we talked about how a person uh, really grows, uh, follows Christ, uh, and, then, and now we're journeying through growing in relationship, and we'll talk about serving both our, our church and serving in our community, and not, not only that, but giving generously to uh, the uh, mission here at Bethesda, and that's how we, we, we uh, grow in community together. And so as we celebrate uh, this week, here in our province, uh, the Multiculturalism Week, uh, in reality, we celebrate this every week here at Bethesda. This is, this is an emphasis, but uh, we see this every week at Bethesda, and that's what makes it uh, so uh, uh, amazing. 66 nationalities. Um, and um, uh, listen, I'm Nigerian at heart, okay? Uh, I might dance like a white boy, but uh, in, in my soul, uh, I'm dancing, okay? I'm, not only am I dancing, I'm dancing in time, I'm in t- with good timing is what I'm saying, right? I can't even say a good timing, let alone dance in good timing. Um, uh, within this room uh, are so many stories of perseverance, made up in this room uh, of, of both perseverance and, and pain. We all have that journey. Uh, we realize that faith isn't just about what you're going through now, but faith is a journey, and those, who, uh, and those journeys grow our faith. Uh, last week, we observed Moses. Moses wrestling with the idea of obeying God between his fear and his faith. It was, it was a conversation that he was having with God. And so to have a conversation with God meant that God was close to him. Uh, today's message is not a wrestle between fear and faith. It's a wrestle of moments between knowing where you are, and you will recognize this symbol, and recognizing in the middle of our circumstances where God is. God is here, you are here. And so, um, uh, uh, so last week was about fear and faith, and today is about in the middle of our moments, knowing where we are, but sometimes wondering where God is. And if you've ever been to a mall, you would look for a map. The point, your point of reference is finding that dot that says, you are here. Most men in the room recognize this red dot, okay? You know what I'm saying? Because you're consistently, perpetually looking for your family, especially your wife, in the middle of a mall. Right? I was in a mall in, in Florida one time last year, and uh, uh, there were nine men gathered around the map. And there was one woman there. The one woman wasn't looking for directions. Oh, no, no, no. They were texting their husband, who was lost, giving them directions from the map. But the rest of the men there were looking for uh, a store, therefore looking for their family. But, you know, it's, in order to figure where, you go, where you're going, you need to know where you are. And when you're lost, uh, the destination is not the goal. You need to figure out where you are first in order to figure out where you're going. This can define our current moment when we uh, hear and and, and when we are right here knowing where we are, our point of reference, but are wondering where God is and God is distant. God is over here. 
this can define uh, uh, people in this room as a, a thought. It's a thought that have uh, occupied our minds, uh, especially if your story is made up of being forced to leave a country, uh, not of your own free will. You have left behind your loved ones and the pain of those decisions and, and have left w- wondering where God is. You know where you are, but the pain forces you sometimes to wonder where God is. Or something has happened to you in your life that's traumatic. And the fact that it's happened to you, you you're saying to yourself, you know, I'm here, God, but where are you? Where are you? So I want to journey with the Israelites for a moment. Joshua is about to lead the Israelites into a place that had been the target of Israelites' uh, journey. It had been promised to them when they left Pharaoh's grip. Along the way, they realized not only did Pharaoh imprison them in Egypt, their misinterpretation of where God was in the middle of their journey also crippled them. And so their entire journey to the promised land was not about getting to a destination, but about God teaching them the pattern of relying on him regardless of what it looked like from the naked eye. And many times it looked like God was not near. It looked like God was distant, and they knew where they were, but they found it difficult knowing where God was in the middle of their journey. It didn't take long for them to learn this lesson. They learned this lesson with Moses that God was teaching faithfulness in the journey even when you can't see God. They learned it when their backs were to the desert and the Red Sea. And God parted the waters. We all know that story. We learned it in in, in Sunday school. Moses became their leader when God called them him out of Egypt and Pharaoh's court. Remember last week, right? But Moses refused to see his abilities to lead a nation. And maybe today you're in this room and you feel that you have a, a call, God has called you to do something, and you feel that at times in the middle of doing, you don't have the ability to do it. And that's where Moses was along the way. Moses had one message from the Lord in his leadership. There was strategy. He was leading hundreds of thousands of people out of Pharaoh's grip into the promised land. There was a target. He had, he had strategy, but there was only one message, and God reminds them, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you today. One message, one strategy, at the epicenter of their lives to remember, above everything else. And when they veered from this truth, they wandered not only physically, but also into things spiritually that wasn't pleasing to God. And after many years in the desert, after many battles, they sent spies into the promised land. And if I could remember that Sunday school song I was singing, but I'm not going to. Uh, Trust me, you don't want me to. Uh, you know, and they sent spies into the promised land, and, and, and they said, it's good land, and the Lord, the Lord has given it to us. But they were afraid of the mighty men that were there, and that's all they would see. They couldn't see God. All they could see was the moment. And they misinterpreted what God was doing in their life in the moment because they thought God was distant. And more often than not, our present circumstances will seem bigger than what God can do if we feel God is distant. And because of that generation of disobedience, they didn't get to see the target 
of their life, and that was the promised land. Because they didn't learn the lesson that God was with them even when you cannot see him or feel him. Even Moses learned that lesson the hard way. And when he strikes out in anger, and you can read it for yourself in the book of Numbers chapter 20, as he was leading the Israelites, he dishonors God, and even Moses didn't get to see the promised land. And God reminds him, he says, because you broke faith with me in the presence of the Israelites. And not only did you break faith, God tells them when they broke faith, and there's a reason why he tells them that. Reminding them once again God was teaching a lesson on the way to Canaan, in the journey at the waters of Meribah Kadesh. And in and through every struggle the Israelites had on their way to the promised land was a lesson about faith in the journey, not a lesson of the destination. And Moses reminds us of this in, in, in Exodus 33 when faced with this unimaginable decision. Moses, their leader, is on a mountain meeting with God, the Ten Commandments. The Israelites are below, growing impatient because their leader is gone, and God is distant. They don't know where he is. They know where they are. They're in the middle of a wandering wilderness, but where is God? And they build for themselves a golden calf. Because they think God is not near. And Moses comes down and he sees the golden calf and God is vexed. Mad. And he says, go. Go up into the land flowing with milk and honey. And watch this. But I am not going with you. Because he was so mad, God was so mad that he said, if I go with you, I will destroy you along the way. And so Moses is faced with the reality without, without God. And he knows that the strength of their faith isn't Canaan, the destination at the end of the journey. The strength of their faith is a faithful God in the journey. Moses says it's knowing that God was with them even when they couldn't see him. When you know where you are, you can then figure out where you're going. And Moses knew where they were. They were in the palm of God's hands. And look what he says. If your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us up from here. That's a man who understands the moment. That's a man who looks back at his life. He can't see where God is in the future, but he looks back at his life and the one common denominator in all of his life and the success of his leadership and the success of leading the Israelites was God. And he, uh, there is no question he had to go back and, be remi- and was reminded of the day that the Israelites were complaining in the wilderness and they said to Moses, Moses, at least in Egypt we had pots of meat, we had a bit of moose, Right? I know a bit of, from Labrador, a bit of caribou, a bit of rabbit or something. Well, here we are in the middle of this wilderness and we have nothing. And once again, in the middle of the journey, not the destination, God provides manna. And he's reminded as he's thinking back in Exodus 33, when God says, I'm not going with you. He's like, if you don't go with me. He's, he had to go back to Exodus, three, uh, Exodus chapter 3 when he is being called out by God to lead these Israelites. And, and, and he, he immediately, remember last week, he's in fear. He's saying, God, I don't have, I, I can't even speak. I stutter. And you're asking me to lead a nation of people? 
and he, and he goes and he tries to debate with God. And by the end of it, Moses is convinced that he can't do it. And he says, just send someone else. And eventually God, in, I guess in our humanistic language, convinces Moses that he's the one to do the job. And Moses says, said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, me to you. And they ask me, what is this God's name? And look what God says. God says to Moses, I am. That's so important. He, God didn't say, I, I was. He didn't say, I was. He, God is the forgiver of the I was. He's the forgiver of the past. He didn't say, I am the God will be. He's, he, although he controls the future, he's not living there. He says, I am. I am the present, I am the ever-present God in this moment. And in this moment, I forgive your past. And in this moment, I am in control of your future. But right now, I am with you. I am, I am. Amen? I need an amen from the Nigerians. All right? See? And the Filipinos. There you go. All right, the newfies too. See see how quiet they are? See, there's, there's 200 newfies here. And there's 20 Nigerians, and you sound louder. See, there's a lesson here, okay, in the, in the journey, not the destination. I just felt I need to throw that in there. God is the I am in your life. No questions. You're here today, and you're questioning where God is in the middle of it. And the reason why you're questioning God in the middle of your journey is because of something you've done in your past, or you are worried about something in the future. God has said, I, I'm not in your past. I forgive the past. I'm not in the future. I'm, I control the future. I am here now in the present. And I am the ever-present God in your life. See, he is learning. Moses is learning a lesson in the journey, not the destination. So now in this moment, Moses is gone. He's dead. He's buried at Mount Nebo. You can see the promised land from the mountain he is buried in. We stand on water's edge now, and it isn't, isn't the water's edge at the Red Sea. That's 60 plus years ago. And they can't rely on the faithfulness of God back then, even though they remember it, and it builds their faith. But God wants you to have active faith now. And so it's, it's not Moses, it's a different people in a different water. Many at this water's edge is the grandchildren and children of those who saw the Red Sea miracle. This water separates the Israelites from going into the promised land. This is a new crop of people. And if you're a grandparent and you're an older parent in this room today, you, you're concerned at that in, in this moment as well. You wonder of the faithfulness of God that you've seen in your life and your children, you wonder if your children will see it. And they will follow the same values, the scripture that you have followed your entire life. This was separate water than the Red Sea. The Israelites are going into the promised land and God once again places them in a situation to see if their faith in God was bigger than the destination that they were promised. And sometimes we get caught in the destination. We are God's people. God has called us. He has a future for us. He has heaven for us. And we forget about the moments, the faithful moments, these moments right now and what God is saying. And it's a lesson to us today. The lesson, once again, is whether or not they have learned the principle that God is at work even when you cannot see him. And in the middle of the wandering, God was raising up another leader 
who was filled with the Spirit, and God tells the new leader, as he told Moses, the difference between your success and failure, the same message he told Moses is this, be strong and courageous, be careful, here it is, to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. That's the strategy. And they send spies in again. And word comes back from from the spies who had learned the lessons of faith didn't see the giants in the land, so they, 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 they knew that God would go with them, and they tell Joshua, the Lord has given the land into our hands, and even all the people are melting in fear. And why, I mean, why were they melting in fear? The two women who hid the spies, if you know the story, you read the story in Joshua 2, the two women hide these spies, and they tell them as they're conversing, we've heard about you. We, it says, we've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for when you, you came out of Egypt and what you did in Sahan and, and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, how, how you destroyed them. When we, we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. There's more to that response than you realize. Because in other words, they heard about the Israelites on what God was doing in the middle of the journey. And some of our biggest faith steps and our biggest faith growths is not at the destination, it's in the middle of the journey. So he stands on the water's edge. Joshua could see the promised land in front of him. To his left, he could see the mountain range of Nebo where Moses is buried. He is reminded of God's faithfulness, but he's also reminded why Moses didn't enter the promised land. So he could see that and they stand on water's edge. Here's a practical question for you. Have you ever looked back at your life and realized now that you are on the other side of that thing that's happened, that journey, that God's goal for you in that moment wasn't the destination, but what he was teaching you in the journey? This is the lesson we were about to see of Joshua learned through Moses. God had given him direction and promised he would be with him And they break camp, they stand on water's edge, the Ark of the Covenant goes out, which is the presence of God and the priests, but there's a problem. There's a problem going on. It says in Joshua 3, the Jordan was at flood stage. The same issue when they fled from Pharaoh. They were stuck between a desert and a water, impossible situation. They, they, the same problem when they came up against the enemy. They They were outnumbered. They were used to this. And God said he would be with them, but it doesn't feel like it as they stand on water's edge. We're here, where are you, God? And they are outnumbered, not by people, but by a stream at flood stage. So once again, in the middle of the journey, they were faced with an impossible situation, and they stepped into it anyway because Joshua and the Israelites learned a valuable lesson. When we can't see God, he's always at work in the most important places of our life. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped, stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap in a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarephath. It's just past uh, Jobat's arm, if you're wondering. And while the water flowing down the Dead Sea was 
was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed crossing on dry ground. You see, you've got to understand the geography here. From where they stood to where the town of Adam was, was 19 miles away. 19 miles away. While they could not see anything upstream, God was cutting off the water. And in all the likelihood, the priests were up to their necks in the water before it started to even recede. And they passed through on dry ground. Even though he had the promise that God would be with him, they had to have faith. The priests were potentially standing in the middle of water, and once again with a new leader, but the same God, we see the same pattern. God showing up in parts of their life even though they couldn't see him because it was 19 miles away. And this is the kind of God we serve. A 19 miles away God who works in parts of your life, his plan his purpose, even when we cannot see him from where we stand. Even when I can't see it, he is working. And there are three observations from Joshua's life that's relevant for us. The first one is this. Faith is made up of both relying on God and taking the next step. And sometimes that step is a blind step. But when you build the pattern of God in your life, the faithfulness of God when he shows up, you build that pattern, that blind step, you know that God is going to secure you in it. And secondly, there will come a moment when you must act on what God has said. If you don't, you will never cross the Jordan. You fill in the blank, the next one. There will come a moment when you must act on what God has said. If you don't, you will never, you fill it in. In your life right now, what's God asking you to do? And lastly, remember that God is always at work in your life, even when you cannot see it. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in learning more about our church community, please visit our website, Bethesda.ca, and consider joining us for a gathering soon. 